All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Coming in at number two on our countdown was our compelling interview with Oracle Oriya. We got to talk to her about her alien abduction, her alien surgery, and the profound impact it had on the rest of her life. Okay, so I was driving from Oregon State down into Southern California. It's a very long, like 13-hour drive, and I was on the 5 freeway going south, and it's this long stretch called the Grapevine, as you know, and you just kind of kick back and cruise, you know? It's just going to be a long drive, and I was driving with my cousin, and it happened to be around 2.15 at night. It was, you know... For us, we were just having a good time. So it was really fun. And we were listening to music and we were just, you know, like talking and just having a good time. And we saw a sign go by that said, welcome to Fresno, population, blah, blah, blah. So we looked, took note of the time and I believe it was around, like it was like 2.15. And we looked at each other like, oh, okay. So that gave us a gauge about how long it's going to take to get to LA. So that was it. You know, we kicked back and we kept driving. And as we were driving, we were talking and laughing, it felt like 20 minutes went by. We weren't sure how much time went by. And then all of a sudden the sign went by, welcome to Fresno again. And that was it. Our whole entire bodies, like our being, everything in us stopped. We said, wait, at first it was funny, right? Because your brain is trying to understand. So you said, oh, look at the sign. It said Fresno, isn't that funny? And we went, wait. And then it was like, everything stopped. And then we got really quiet and we were like, wait, what just happened? Are we okay? Are, what's going on? And we looked at the clock and it was like 2.30. We were just like, wait, what? We could not understand anything that was happening. It was just like a complete total time warp. And then we got scared. And then we started screaming. We're like, oh my God. Oh my God, what happened to us? You know, like we started just freaking out and then we got really quiet and then we were quiet for like a long time. We just drove in silence because I think our brain just, it was outside of our comprehension. So we couldn't understand even how to talk about it. And we didn't know what to do with that information. That was the first time, even talking about it now, I still get chills. I do have plans on um, hiring a hypnotherapist. I found one, I've been researching and trying to find the right one. I'm waiting for her to respond and I'd like to film it. I would like to see all the missing time and different uh, things that I have maybe lost my memory on alien encounters. So beside what the ones I know, well, definitely that was a time missing situation. So they just wiped our memory for sure. I wouldn't have said that necessarily if I didn't have my later experience in my late thirties, because then that opened the full door. And then I was able to go back in time and review, okay, what was that moment? What happened there? And I started to put pieces together and research and understand and starting to see that it was literally a time missing situation. And they just put us back 
in our car and set the time. It wasn't exactly accurate. Sometimes they're not totally accurate when you come back and materialize in your vehicle or your house, wherever you are. But we have absolutely no memory. So all we know is we saw that sign twice. And all we know is that's impossible. And all we know is uh, definitely something supernatural happened. And we both saw it at the same time. It was like a marker. It was a marker that something bigger is happening. But now I know exactly, I mean, I can't say I, I know exactly what's happening because this is a grand universe and we don't all know, but of kind of my thumb a little bit on the, on the point here of what I think is going on uh, based on what happened to me later. So story takes place in Los Angeles. I lived in Marina del Rey, California. It was fall of 2010. And I had just started dating my husband now, and we had just moved in together. And we lived in a little apartment. It was very sweet. We were both starting out. And I was going through, I finished a divorce, and I was kind of still going through that experience. And I, he invited me to go to Paris. I've never been. This is a great opportunity because I have five children. And, you know, I don't get out much when you have five kids you're not traveling a lot so this was like a really great moment opportunity for me to go so i went and we were there a couple days and i was in my hotel room one night and the next morning we were supposed to catch a train at 7 30 a.m and go to versailles there was only one train that was leaving and we had to get up early and we had to you know get out there and get to versailles for that one tour so i went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I don't know what time my eyes were closed like this. And all of a sudden my eyes went, I don't know if that's ever happened to you when you're sleeping and your eyes just open and just for no reason. I mean, that's really weird, but that's what happened. And I looked towards the window. My head was facing towards the window and I saw five little grays, little alien. My brain didn't register that that's what they were because that's impossible right? Like, how is that a thing? And then that can't be real. That has to be a dream. But why are my eyes open? So there was this little moment of negotiation I was trying to have with myself, but I was like in an altered state already. So it was like I was in a different dimension with them. So I couldn't really move or talk. I was just stationary. And I just saw them and I, I registered that that's what they were. And within that blink of that time, when I looked at them, then I blacked out. That morning, I was awoken, laying on the bed, and at the foot of the bed, it was a small uh, hotel. At the foot of the bed, the bathroom door was open. My husband was standing in the bathroom, shaving, and he's yelling at me, which, you know, we're still dating, and he doesn't yell at me. And he goes, why are you still in bed? Get up, get up. Oh my God, it's 7.15. And I'm not a late sleeper. I'm always up early. So I, I immediately, my brain kicked on like, oh, I must've overslept. Let me just jump up and get ready. But that's not what happened. So as I went to do that, my body didn't move. And then I tried to say something and my mouth didn't move. Then I tried to talk. I tried to move my head. Nothing was moving. And he kept looking at me like he saw I was looking at him and he couldn't understand why I wasn't responding to him. So then in that moment, I realized something was wrong with me. So I stopped and I tried to like, really try to focus on what, how come I can't talk or move. I was like paralyzed. 
And as I tried to force myself like to move, I got so scared. I had this jolt of adrenaline that like burst through me and I realized there was something wrong. And in that bolt of adrenaline, I managed to sit up and it was like sitting up this really giant being like this two ton being. It just felt really, really big. And so I got up and I sat there in bed and I couldn't talk. And he goes, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Come on. Look at the time. We're not going to make it. You still have to get ready. Oh my God. He freaked out. So I, it took everything in my power to swing my legs over the edge. It took everything in my power to walk to the bathroom. I, I had to, it was like I was moving underwater. I had to move. I was trying to move so fast and it was barely real time. He's getting ready. He's almost ready to walk out the door. I barely have my clothes on. I'm not even totally dressed and I can't even speak yet. And I just barely make it to the door. He grabs my hand, shuts the door and bolts to the elevator holding my hand because I'm not moving fast. And he says, like, what's gotten into you? Come on, let's go. And I, 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 I forced him to stop and look at me. And I said, I tried to talk him with this dry voice came out, like very croaky, dry, like no personality. And I said, there's something in me. There's something in me. Now, I, I have no experience with anything being in me ever before that. So I don't really know what that feels like. But I knew that I was not by myself. That was the feeling I had. There was something inside of me. So he takes me into the elevator and just looks at me because he's a psychic medium which is part of the reason why I think this might've happened to me because, you know, they're attracted maybe to him. <laughs> so I'm right there. I don't know. So he then takes me into the elevator and he looks at me and he goes, I'll handle this in the train. Just let's get to the depot. I can't do this right now. There's people in the elevator and I'm looking at him like I'm in another space time. He said, I, my face looked completely frozen. I looked completely strange. So we get to the depot he forces me to the to the ticket counter and i am just barely keeping up with real time he buys the ticket we run to the train he's pulling me the whole time i feel like 10 tons i can't even barely move my legs i can't even talk i keep trying to tell him there's something in me there's something in me so we sit down in the train ac across from each other and i remember him in his little i had a little navy blue like pea coat and he had like a dark black pea coat and he just sat back like this and he just looked at me and he goes okay let's get to the bottom of this he goes if you have something in you i'll know and i'm gonna ask a lot of questions and if those answers come back the way i think they could then you might have something in you so let's see so he started asking me questions with what's your name where are you from and i felt my mouth moving and i felt and heard words coming out of my mouth i couldn't really hear what was being said and I just saw his eyes getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They ended up talking, Riz and the being inside of me talked for 20 minutes straight. And I've never seen my husband's face look like that. It was fixated, totally engrossed. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. His eyes were huge. And then I remember towards the end, he said, well, then how do you cloak yourselves? And then an answer came and I heard the answer and then they left. I fell back in the chair and came back and I started crying because I didn't know what happened to me and I was scared. And I came back in and looked at him and he started telling me what happened. 
And I told them about the cloaking thing, but they both, both of our memories were wiped in that instant. So we couldn't even remember what the technology was. We just remember them telling us what the technology was. And he says, well, that was the single most profound experience I've ever had. He said, that was truly an alien and you definitely had something in you and now they're gone. So he moves on with his life, but not me (laughs) because like, this is not an everyday thing and I'm not okay with it. And I can't just go to Versailles and act like nothing happened, but that's exactly what we had to do. Little did I know, little did I know that was the beginning of what was about to happen. So when I came home, nothing happened for the rest of the trip. I tried to get my bearings and act normal again, but I was a little messed up from that. I didn't really know what to do with that. He didn't really talk about it. I don't know why. He just thinks those things are kind of normal. So I guess. So I end up going back home and it was the next day. He was sitting on the couch, relaxing. We were just kind of relaxing from our trip. And I was walking from the kitchen to the bedroom, going through the hallway. And I heard a voice and it was the same voice from the train. And the voice was in the back of my head. And the voice said, at 7.30, you will lay down and we will perform a surgery. Okay, so let me pause there for a second. First of all, I don't have voices in my head. So this was a very loud, clear audio. So that's the first time I ever heard an extraterrestrial being speak to me, ever. So I stopped froze. And I looked at my husband, I told him what just happened. And we just looked at each other like we didn't know what to do about that. And I said to him, well, I'm not going to go to the pyramid 730. And I'm not laying down, I'm going to get out of here. So, But something compelled me to stay in the apartment. And towards 730, I started feeling this very strong urge to just walk towards the bed. And I actually couldn't really move from that course. So I walk So I walk into the bed, into the bedroom, and I lay down on my side, which is on the right-hand side. And um, I found some pictures online and created uh, my book cover is a picture of me at the time. And it looked, I just created, if you look at the image or the, see how it looked, like the way I saw myself, how I felt in that moment. So I laid on the right side of the bed. And I laid down perfectly straight and still with my hands down by my side, feet straight ahead. And I felt like I didn't have a lot of stay in this. This felt very like uh, rote, like I had to just do it. It was just something compelled me very strongly. And so I lay down and I closed my eyes and I said, I don't want to do this to myself and and my head. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. (laughs) just block it, just stop whatever's going to happen. I don't want this. And that's when I saw my eyes opened again like that. This always thing with the eyes, they just open. And then I saw in front of me, this giant head. It was floating in the air and it was like about 10 feet long and about six feet across. And it was the head of a gray or an alien with the big, you know, almond shaped black eyes, the little nose, little mouth, typical, you know, alien, kind of the ones we all feel like we know. And it had a thousand tiny little cracks all over the face. And I kept staring at the cracks because I've never seen anything like it. I can't describe to you. I've tried, 
I want to draw it. I've looked for pictures of it. I've tried to find artists who can do it. I cannot describe what this looked like. It was just imagine this is like, this alien is so old, like the wise medicine man of aliens. I mean, that's the feeling I got. It was just this very, very grand feeling about him. So it was a feeling of, he was looking at me like I was a bug, like this little insect, but with love. I mean, I didn't feel any danger. I just felt him looking at me like, okay, now we are going to do what we came here to do. And it, it was a strange feeling that came over me because first of all, it's an unusual thing to look at. Your mind is not really prepared to see that. So you go into kind of an altered state at that point uh, because you don't really know how to reference anything you're seeing. and so. I, I felt his energy was just like, it's not about me. I kept feeling like this is not about Araya. This is not about me, the person. Like some something is going to happen to me. Like it wasn't personal. Like I felt like this was just a routine uh, surgery that has been performed, I guess, for certain people or different people. From my research, it sounds like everybody who's had a surgery has different types of surgeries for different reasons. And in my case, they knew down the road, I would be probably speaking about it. So my surgery was related to that. Um, okay. So then I saw the face, then the face disappears and I start to panic and I felt my adrenals. I felt my, my veins in my neck starting to pop. I was like, okay, this is, this is not good. Um, I want out, but I couldn't get out and I couldn't move my body again. It was that paralyzed feeling. So I just knew I had to go with it. So then off in the distance, this all happened really fluidly, right? One thing after another. So I saw this alien standing. It looked like a very tall alien, about 10 feet tall. And there was a short man or a man that looked short next to him. So the man would probably be about six foot something. So, but that's how tall the alien was. The arms were very long and spindly. The legs were very long and had this long neck and this big head. And he was kind of looking down. He was holding a medical tray and he had like a medical bowl. And the man was looking into that bowl. In that moment, I took notice that what I was looking at off to the right was an entire, it wasn't a room because there was no walls or ceilings or seams, but it was this glowing white illuminated massive space. That was not my room. And then if I moved my eyes to the left, my bed, my dresser, my walls, everything was physically still there. My body was laying here. So I'm still in my body and I'm watching this. Now what I've encountered and what I've seen and read of other people have experienced this, this is a multi-dimensional experience. So they are, you are in two dimensions at once. And Believe it or not, when I'm done with this story, but I want to say it now, you are going to be shocked to hear there are more people that have these kinds of abduction surgery stories than the ones where they get zoomed up in a UFO ship. So the one and they don't and they don't know how to talk about it and they don't want to talk about it because guess what? You sound really, really, really crazy. So there's no way you could tell this story. So you know how many people are out there that don't talk about what's happened to them because of that? So that's why I waited so long because I needed to know what I'm about to say 
means something powerful for myself and for the world. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. There's no sense in me speaking if it's not going to be impactful. So that's why I waited so long and tested and tested and tested and really checked every millisecond of this experience and what had happened after afterwards. This man looked like he didn't know what he was, why he was there. So he had this very, very scared, bewildered look on his face. God knows how or where that took place. It could be in that man's house or it could be they have him on a ship. I don't know exactly how he ended up there, but he was dressed normal. He had casual like leisure clothes on, like long shorts. He just looked like a normal guy. And so they were looking into this bowl. And the second I saw that, at first I said, what's that? Why am I looking at that? And the second I said that, I went, oh no, this is something about me, isn't it? Something in that bowl pertains to me. I don't want anything to do with this. So I want out right now. Like, And I was trying to find a back door to my soul to get out of this situation. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't need to see what's in that bowl. I don't want to know what's in that bowl. And so as soon as I said that, I mean, they probably figured they didn't have much time with me because I was going to just burst into flames or something. I'm just going to fight this whole experience. So they had to move fast. So within seconds, now I'm zoomed in. The alien is right in front of me. The tray is underneath me, like right here. And the guy is standing there and he looks at me and he has, well, actually, let me tell you what's in the bowl first. So in the bowl is this amber gelatin. It's like this gelatinous kind of jelly look. It's actually kind of beautiful looking. It has um, like little tiny specks inside. They look like little tiny pin lights. They were very, it was like alive. It looked very, I don't know, like I later find out it was very intelligent. So it's an intelligent life form itself. This is a biological um, um, entity that actually works medical surgeries. But I didn't know all that at the time, but that's what it looked like. And in it was an eye, and the eye was a human eye, and the eyeball was moving around like this. When I saw that, I immediately like started to suffocate. Like I felt like, I'm next, I'm next, get me out of here. And the guy turns and looks at me, and there was a gaping hole right here, a black hole where his eye was. And then I got really scared because I'm not that person that goes and watches horror films or scary sci-fi movies. I'm not into gore. I'm actually into cute things and fur and babies and and animals. And like, I am not into gory things like that. So to show me something like that is so outside my wheelhouse. It's not something I want to see. So I'm definitely not making that up in my imagination for those that are wondering. Um, it's not something I'm going to try to under, like conjure up. So I'm looking at the eye and what I immediately got the download telepathically was that they wanted to show me that the eye is fine. The eye is alive and there's no damage or harm done to the eye and the eye will be put back into the man's face like nothing happened. And they're trying to show me that that's what's about to happen to me in a different form. I'm going to be with this gel and this is how the gel works. And I want you to know like you're going to live. Basically, that was the download. It was an instant fast download. And before I even had a chance to have an opinion about it or to get out of it, I immediately was swept into, and I'm still laying in the bed, but somehow the part of me that's either in the, still in my body or a half outside of my body, whether it's my astral projection self, my non-physical self, or maybe it was my physical self, you know, with 
with uh, aliens, extraterrestrials, you know, they work with everything. They'll do virtual reality experiences for you. Like they'll, there's no, there's no technology that is off limits to them. I don't know exactly how they did it, but there was a vat, a giant, like it was about, I would say six feet, seven foot tall vat. It was a giant, giant vat, six feet across, seven feet down, like a barrel. And it was full of this material. And I saw it and it was so much of it. I immediately knew that this was not good and this was for me. And I, I knew that I had to leave my body. I had to like, I, I felt death was imminent. Like this was just, I, I wasn't going to make it through this. And at that time, my husband walks in the room and, and all I wanted to do was jump up. All I wanted to do was get up off the bed and leave. And I couldn't, of course, I couldn't move my body again. I was paralyzed, but I felt him come in and lay down and I felt his energy and I felt how he was very robotic. And it was almost like they had brought him in and laid him down. And so I said to him, help me, help me, help me. Like I was trying to talk. And he said, uh, they are benevolent. They're here to help you. This is an upgrade. It's okay. He said a version of that like three times in this very monotone, calm voice, which made me very skeptical and really more scared than ever because now I felt like they took him over. So now I'm really doomed because now I can't, my husband can't even save me. They start putting my head head first into the vat. And as my head was going into the vat, I started to feel it go up into my nostrils. The second it hit my skin, which is interesting because I could feel it, it was wet. And I felt it was a little bit cooler than room temperature. And it felt that consistency, it's a little bit softer than jello. It was more like um, pudding almost, but without the hard parts. So it started to go up into my nose. The second it went into my nose, I absolutely freaked out. I was like, there's no way. I can't believe I feel this. I don't want to feel this. I'm not doing this. And I start to try to pull away and like scream. I couldn't scream. My head goes into the vat. I feel it going into my eyes, into my nose, into my ears. And by the time I went to the back of my throat, I started choking and gurgling because I felt it going down and I couldn't get take a breath. I couldn't breathe. So in that moment was the single most fearful moment of the entire experience because in that moment, I felt like for sure, this is death right here. This is where I die. This is the, this is the exit because I can't breathe. I could feel it. It's happening to me right now. I feel it in my physical body and I can't breathe. So I heard myself making gurgling noises. My eyes rolled to the back of my head and I started convulsing. And I started flopping like a fish like this on the bed. And the whole bed was bouncing up and down and half of my body fell, was falling off the bed in convulsions because my, my mind thought it was dying. It's the best way I could explain it. It's like a drowning victim or, you know, you just, my body was reacting. And so I thought I was dying. This was my last breath. I was fighting for my breath. And then this feeling came over me, like, just surrender. You're going to be fine. You can breathe in this. Just, you know, there was no words, but there was the feeling. It, like, just breathe, just relax. And then blackout. Then come to, I'm laying on the bed straight again. I don't know how much time had passed. It felt like it was right away. And somehow there was a way that they were able to show me because 
you know, it's not the same dimensional way we see our northeast, west, and south, like the way our rooms are constructed. That's not the way they were showing me anything. So there was no there was no measurement system. I can I don't see like a table and then a tray and then like a, a wall. So I don't know what direction I'm in. So I felt like I saw the wise one, the wise alien standing behind my head. And then there was a couple smaller ones next to him. So I felt this all happened in one quick sweeping motion. This was a very fast situation. So I felt towards the base of my skull, I felt something kind of like a sensation, but it was not, there was no pain. It was kind of like almost a little bit of a wetness, but there was no like extreme feelings there. It was just very minor but I felt something in the back of my head and I felt something being pulled out. And then I looked up and I saw in replacement, which by the way, that was my spine. So just hang on with me. Okay. So it was my spine. And then they put in this long blue tube that looked like a Tron glowing light, biomechanical, like, like upgraded, like, alien spine they put it into they replaced it put it right back in and in that moment everything went white and i was out and i woke up at three o'clock in the afternoon 3 30 the next day i'd like to say special thanks to all the unexplained ones for making our first year so amazing we've had so much fun on this journey we've made it up to the top 25 on the science podcast charts We even got nominated for a Podcast People's Choice Award. On behalf of CJ and Smitty, thank you. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. To help keep us going, please be sure to visit patreon.com backslash all things unexplained. Our Patreon patrons get early access to podcasts, as well as exclusive audio and video clips. Or you can find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. Additionally, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained. To be continued.